0: Good morning, good morning and uh, welcome, what a great day to be together and to uh, worship together. I'm uh, Pastor Ray Vigil and we've gathered to together today for, uh, for worship and to share in a special service of Holy Communion around uh, the Holy Table. If you're engaging with us on, uh, digitally uh, on one of our platforms, I encourage you to get some bread or some, and some juice at this time and just have it prepared, it's kind of like a worship center for yourself as uh, we enter into this worship, and uh, when we consecrate the elements for Holy Communion, um, we will all be sharing in that together. Also, uh, let you know that following the, uh, the worship time, there'll be sort of a brief informational time about uh, kind of like state of the church and, and some uh, difficult decisions that are ahead of us, and so I just want to share some information at that time, so you're invited to, uh, to stay afterwards. Just know that uh, we'll be meeting in, in here immediately following the, uh, the, the service. Let's, um, I want to invite you now as we enter into worship to, uh, to stand, if you would, and uh, join me in our call to worship. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork.
1: We gather together to sing our praise to God's glory.
0: The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul.
1: We gather with open hearts and souls to receive the comforting presence of the Lord.
0: The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever.
1: The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether.
0: O God, as we gather in gratitude, may may the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts
1: be acceptable to you, our, our rock, rock and, our and our redeemer. To you we lift, lift
0: up our voices in praise. Amen. Let's sing together.
1: To you we lift our voices
0: in praise. Amen. Amen. I love that song Me too. and so much so that every Sunday morning it's part of my vocal warm-up and anybody who is coming to the parking lot at the same time that I have has probably heard it. Yeah. But I do come fairly early, so I guess I beat most of you all here. Um, as we, uh, as we uh, share together, and I know that singing was wonderful, wasn't it? Wasn't that yeah. joyous? Um, we, uh, we did a little evaluation and review in the past couple of weeks, and we're going to continue the first Sunday um, uh, unified service. Uh, we've been uh, doing that for the first part of this year, and so you can mark your calendars for May and June, that the uh, first Sunday of the month um, we'll have communion together, unified worship service together at, uh, at 10 o'clock, as we share in that. Uh, for our... Uh, our pegs today are you know we this is what we stand on our pegs how we pray how we give how we engage and how we serve in in our community this is the month for our golf tournament folks it's coming our fundraising for the florida united Methodist children's home and the work that the children's home does uh particularly right here in our area the money that we raise does stay here in south florida it supports our foster care and emergency shelter that the Children Home Run here in uh, Palm Beach and Broward Counties. Um, That work is continuing to expand and continue (coughs) to grow and it's flourishing. Um, And people think, oh great, the miss miss is going, but part of me always says the need of children and the need of families in our community is growing and so there's more work for us to do. That's actually heartbreaking. Um, So it's good that we're about this work. It's good that we're about loving on, on children. But now is the time to engage big time with our golf tournament. We need sponsors, so the giving is set up online. The silent auction is coming, and you'll be able to partic- participate in that way. We need folks that will help that day. We have a Friday event on the 29th, and so now is the time to, to do that, and you can find out all this information online. Um, there are links. Uh, there are Facebook uh, reminders and stuff that are being put up uh, every, um, uh, you know, on a regular basis. And so um, now is the time to engage and find ways in which you can serve to help that uh, golf tournament. It's coming up at the end of the month. It's Friday, the April 29th. And so this is the time to be involved in that work so that we continue to partner with and work with our Florida United Methodist Children's Home in restoring families and children and the life that God in, 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 um, desires for them in our community. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's uh, turn our hearts to prayer. Good
2: Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa, if you'll bow your heads with me for this morning's prayer. Holy God, we come before you this day to examine, to confess, to be renewed and healed. We enter our worship eagerly anticipating that there are things which need to be lost so that better things might be found. Ever-present and faithful God, how often we are neither present nor faithful. We find it hard to be in your presence, for we are reminded of our unworthiness. We find it difficult to be faithful, for the claims of the world are strong. Grant us courage courage to set aside easy answers and quick fixes in favor of your word that penetrates our hearts and transforms us enable us to see past the immediate satisfaction of our wants that we might choose instead the eternally fulfilling grace of your presence embolden our faith that we might trust you rather than the false and empty promises of our age We're here to worship in spite of our neediness, for you are worthy of our praise, even when we feel unworthy to offer it. And as for us, we're in need of your grace, and you in your mercy are eager to give it. Hear us as we offer our praise and thanksgiving, as we gather to worship in your matchless name, and we pray as your Son taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven Thank <music> you.
0: Work on me. So, <laughs> and the, the scripture this morning is uh, the story, one of the stories of uh, Jesus and uh, having a meal around the table. You know, meal around the table. Seems like Jesus is always having a meal around the table, but significant things happen when we, uh, when we come around the, the table. And here in John chapter 12, we have a story of what happens one day around the table, six days. Six days before Passover. Jesus came to Bethany, home of Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Lazarus and his sisters hosted a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who joined him at the table. Then Mary. Mary took an extraordinary amount, almost three-quarters of a pound of very expensive perfume, made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet with it, then wiped his feet dry with her hair. The house was filled with the aroma of the perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who was about to betray Jesus, complained. This perfume was worth a year's wages. Why wasn't it sold and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he carried the money bag and would take what was in it. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. This perfume was to be used in preparation for my burial." And this is how she has used it. You will always have the poor among you, but you won't always have me. Amen. 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 Most gracious God, you have given us an extraordinary gift in Jesus Christ. You have given us life. May we come around the table of this story today. May we come around this communion table and share in extraordinary gifts. Amen. Extraordinary gifts can be quite expensive, can't they? There can be some pretty expensive gifts out there, and I know you're probably already thinking, what's the most expensive gift I've ever gotten? What's the most expensive gift I've ever given? And there's expensive gifts out there, and they're very expensive stuff. But people pay a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money for junk. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you ever seen that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of these fans of that American Pickers show. Uh, you know, And they go around and they're, they're, they're finding all kinds of antiques. Isn't it amazing how expensive antiques can be? Old stuff. So old stuff can be quite valuable, it seems like. And I love this, uh, this show. Be- I like the American Pickers show because of the places they go. You know, and the, and the people they meet and all that kind of stuff. But then they find, like, you know, these old overall jeans that have been in a barn for decades and they've been torn apart, but they're made by the right person and they have the, the right little metal buttons on them and they're paying hundreds of dollars for these raggedy old jeans that have been in a barn. I, I mean, isn't it crazy? Just who pays that much money? for junk, you know, it's only worth what people would pay for it, and somehow people pay for that, and they go around, they find signs, people buy old signs, and put them up in their house, and the signs are expensive, and, and toys, and stuff like that, you know, my mom and dad still have all my toys, and my brother's toys, when we were kids, you know, they're around, they're around the house, the next generation has already started to take pictures of some of these things, research it online, <laughs> find, out, find out, you know, what they, can, what they can get for it, you know? The, the, the myth is there's a little matchbox car that I used to play with that is extremely rare that people will give three or four digits of money for for a little matchbox car. I mean, who does that? This is extraordinary prices. This is extraordinary expense, you know, you know and, and for old stuff, and here's the thing. Some people would say that the idea of following Jesus is an antique. You know, it's kind of an old thing. And so what are we willing to pay? What are we willing to, to put out there? What are we willing to give for the extraordinary gift? For this extraordinary, extraordinary gift. Mary was inspired. Mary gave an extraordinary gift in this story, an overwhelming gift. She wasn't asked for the gift. It wasn't like, hey, you want to give something to the the ministry. It was just something that she was inspired to give. She was lifted and inspired to that. And then when she gave the gift, it kind of affected everybody. The aroma filled the room. You, you, You ever been in a room after somebody comes in fresh after putting on perfume or cologne? Yeah, (laughs) I I hear some people in the choir already going, "Uh uh-huh, you know. know. Been on an airplane when somebody puts on perfume? Oh, my goodness, everybody's affected. Everybody senses it. Everybody knows when the aroma fills the room. So she's inspired to give. It affects everybody, (laughs) and it honors Jesus. It honors Jesus. It's this act of Jesus' feet. That honors Jesus. She's inspired to give, it affects others, and it honors Jesus. Inspired to give. When you're inspired to do something, inspired, it literally means to put the spirit in. To put the spirit into something. And what inspires us, those of us who work in churches and not for profits and all that kind of stuff. We know what inspires people. People have studied it for a while. What inspires people is a vision. It's a vision. You can't just say, like, hey, we want to help kids give us money, and the grant folks are going to just pour money on you. No, you have to lay out a vision. You have to lay out the mission. You have to lay out how this is going to uh, how this is going to happen and, and, and what you're going to do, and you've, you've got to paint a picture of it. And the vision is what inspires we have that golf tournament coming with the Florida United Methodist Children's Home, and I, I sit on the board of directors, the board of trustees with the Florida United Methodist Children's Home, and we know that you just can't say to folks, hey, we want to help kids, and everybody just starts opening their wallets and their checkbooks and handing you money, because you can help kids lots of ways, right? You can do lots of things to, to help kids, and to and to, to, to give to kids. But there's a vision that the Children's Home has, a vision that we've held on to for over 100 years, restoring children and restoring families in the name and the power and the love of Jesus Christ, that restoration work of of helping folks find wholeness (laughs) and healing. We spent a a time just recently, we spent a time just recently sitting in our our board of trustees and um, working on a vision statement, and where the children's home is now, because the children's home is more than a home, and it it's a network of ministries across our state. And so how do we it, communicate that? How do we articulate that? How do we, how do we live that out? How do, we, how do we do that? And so we sat around the table, and we came up with this vision, and, and we did this whole retreat, and we did this whole retreat so that others, so that others... Could join us in the mission. That's what the vision is all about. This vision is all about uh, getting others to join us in that work. We did the same thing here at at New Horizon. I remember seven years ago, or so, we uh, we gathered and we kind of looked at our church history and and where our church had been its strongest and where we had been our weakest in the in the, you know, the timeline of the church. And uh, we talked and we shared and we came up with this. This vision, mission, and we called it 3D, you know, the three-dimensional thing, but we call it 3D, where we were going to be about helping people discover the love of God, develop as disciples of Jesus Christ, and deploy as missionaries in the world with the power of the Holy Spirit. Discover, develop, and deploy, 3D. And that vision, that energy that we, we rallied around, it gave birth to the fact that, hey, if we're going to be doing this, we need a mission building, and so it gave uh, a language and articulation to the, to the vision of, of adding a building and, and adding uh, that facility that we've developed now that has that has come to uh, fruition that we can work in to do that kind of mission work. It was also the vision that helped us connect with our, uh, our brothers and sisters at the Everglades Community Church and that merged us together and has become that West Campus and working out there. And now today through that lavish and extravagant gift of responding to that mission, people are discovering the love of God, developing as disciples of Jesus Christ, and deploying as missionaries in the world. And it's happening in various ways every day of the week in multiple places. got that vision. Mary. Mary caught the vision, right? She heard what Jesus was saying. Jesus about his mission. And Jesus' mission, his, his vision statement was very clear because it's what he said more than anything else. It's the topic he talked about more than anything else. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus' mission was the kingdom of God, the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God coming and being here and being among us. The kingdom of God is at hand. When the disciples asked, Lord, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. He said, pray like this. Thy kingdom come on earth, here and now, as it is in heaven, as it is by God's design, as it is by God's purposes. Thy kingdom come. The vision of Jesus and what Jesus was, was, was all about. Inspired, inspiring people to follow, and inspiring people to, to that extravagant, extraordinary gift. And when you give that gift, the aroma fills the room. The aroma fills the room and, and other people are blessed. They are blessed. Folks, I'll tell you, and I won't make any bones about it, as a pastor, you, people come and they give themselves to serve or they give themselves to uh, their financial gifts or they, they give a, you know, a, a, in any way. Man, it makes my job easier. You know, it makes it more sometimes, you know? <laughs> but, it, but it makes it easier. I, I get blessed when people in the church give, however they give, in whatever ways they give, most importantly of themselves and their service, and their giving to God. When we give, it blesses others. In a very big way, there's this wonderful story of Desmond Dawes, and when I say the name, you probably recognize the story. Desmond Dawes is one of those heroic stories of World War II. Desmond Dawes was a man who was fully committed to Jesus Christ. His faith was everything about his life, but he also wanted to volunteer and serve during World War II, and so he... Committed to be a medic and to be a part, but he was never going to touch a weapon because his relationship with his Savior wouldn't let him harm another person. Well, he got ostracized by his group, by the group he was put with, because he wouldn't touch a weapon. He would do all the training, but not the weapon training. No one trusted him. No one believed in him. He was ostracized, and we've probably seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge, right? of his heroic work of saving dozens and dozens and dozens of lives in the middle of the most intense battles of World War II. He was inspired by his faith to serve in a way, and others were blessed. Now, that's a big, grand story. But sometimes there are the quiet gifts that are also the aroma that fills the room. I think of those little notes and cards that sometimes our our preschool or our youth group, our individuals sit into the mission building and they write these little love notes on little hearts or little cards and they they stuff them in the boxes or the bags for they are given out so that the community begins to realize the love of Jesus Christ for them. And the love a community has for them. And the aroma fills the neighborhood. Right? The aroma fills the neighborhood. And and people are touched. And people are affected. And people are blessed. The extraordinary gift comes when we're inspired to give. And we give in ways that blesses others. And expands that blessing. And at every moment, that gift is all about Jesus. It's about honoring Jesus. Because what Jesus is looking for, he's looking for that all-in gift. That everything, this is my life. Mary took the thing that was of the most earthly value to her, of the greatest value, and she poured it out on Jesus' feet. She took the the humble posture at Jesus' feet and said, all that I have is for you. All that I have is for you. There are many stories of people coming to Jesus and wanting to follow, but there are also stories of them trickling away as it got difficult. But for Mary and for some of the disciples, it was an all-in. We have words in the Scripture where people said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to go. But you know, I got this business stuff that I have to take care of, and I'm going to tend to this business first. When the crop comes in, I'm going to take care of that, and then I'm yours, and then I'm all in. you know. Or Jesus, you know, I've got these elderly parents, and I'm going to take care of these elderly parents. When they pass away and they die, and I move into another phase of life, where it might be easier for me to make a, a bigger commitment, then I'll follow you, Jesus. And, and Jesus says, you know, you can't turn back. You can't go back and forth. It's all in or nothing. You know? It's not a lukewarm kind of thing. It's, it's, it's a do-it-all. Even the disciples, Peter and the disciples said to him, says Jesus, look, we've left family, we've left homes, we've left everything for you. We, we've left it all for you. And Jesus' response is, Good start. <laughs> Good start. There's, there's still more to do. In fact, it's going to get more dangerous. It's going to get more harsh. And there's also going to be more blessing as the kingdom comes on earth. The gift that honors Jesus is the all in. The extraordinary gift, it's you. It's you. The extraordinary gift is you. It's your commitment, your service, your lavish discipleship. That's the extraordinary gift. I call it the big yes. The big yes that says, I'm all in. I'm all in. It was a big yes for Mary. Mary was all in. She had this Jesus devotion where she was fully engaged in new life. She had experienced watching her brother go from death to life. And she was inspired by this kingdom that was going to bring new life. And so she was going to lay everything down, all that she had, to anoint Jesus. To anoint Jesus and be all in. She was going to anoint him and anoint Jesus' feet. Anointing usually happens for kings, and you anoint a little bit on their heads. You take the perfumed oil, you anoint a little bit on their heads, and you say, okay, here is the king that we all look up to. But Mary comes and anoints Jesus' feet. Now, anoint in Hebrew is Messiah. Messiah, the anointed. Anoint in Greek is Christos, Christ. The anointed. For Mary, pouring out that perfume, anointing Jesus, was claiming that Jesus was her Messiah and her Christ, her Savior and her King. And she wasn't anointing his head like she was giving him some blessing. She was anointing his feet, symbolizing her posture as disciple and follower. Who would go the journey and travel with him where he traveled? The extraordinary gift is you and me. And the humility of giving everything at the feet of Jesus. Are you all in? Are you fully engaged? Is Jesus your Messiah and your Christ? That's the extraordinary gift. To be fully engaged with Christ. And when we come and share around the table, when we come and and share in this holy communion, it's bringing the biggest gift of all, ourselves, in response to the biggest gift that God could ever give. His one and only Son for you and for me, to have new life in God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. 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 Most gracious and holy God, we thank you for the wonderful, big, and precious gifts that you've given us. We ask that you meet us in the quiet places of our hearts, and empower, and enable, and inspire us, put your spirit within us, that we might respond in ways that bless others and honor you. Amen. Amen. We turn now to uh, share in Holy Communion, and know that as we share in Holy Communion, everyone is welcome to come and to receive and to share in the blessing of Holy Communion. We'll receive in, in many different uh, ways and formats, whatever is comfortable for you at this time, and uh, uh, we'll explain those in a moment. I uh, encourage those who are engaging with us digitally now to center around the elements that you have there with you as we center around this holy table of Holy Communion and enter into the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also
1: with
0: you. Lift up your hearts.
1: We lift them up.
0: Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God.
1: It is right to give our thanks and praise.
0: It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God. You formed us in your, in your image. You breathed into us the breath of life. You breathed into us your spirit. And yet we failed. We sinned. We, we turned away. And in the midst of that, your love remained steadfast. Your love remained true. And you have saved us, delivered us, raised us up from our self imposed captivity to our sin in this world. And you have spoken to us of new life. You've spoken to us through the prophets. You've spoken to us through the scriptures. And, on, and most perfectly, you have spoken to us through your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And so with your people on earth, and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy, and you blessed your Son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and chained and brought down, and to announce that the time had come for your kingdom to break in and to enter into this world. Jesus healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he ate with sinners, and he meets us today where we are. By the baptism of Jesus Christ, by his suffering and by his resurrection, Lord, you gave birth to your church. And you delivered us from our brokenness and our death. And you made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. And you put the spirit within us. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed on the night when the brokenness of humanity would be made very real. Jesus gave himself up for us, and he took the bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples and to all of us who would follow. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he lifted up the cup. And he gave thanks to you. And he turned and gave it to those who had come around the table. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, of new life, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so... In remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. We offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. In union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, died, Christ has risen, and Christ, Christ will come again. Amen. Holy God, we ask that you pour your spirit on us gathered here that you would pour your spirit on these gifts of bread and, and cup and make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. As we, uh, as we share today, know that the, uh, the altar and the communion table is open for all to come and to receive. Everyone is welcome to come. We will receive, receive in uh, many different uh, formats. There will be intinction where a torn piece of the bread is dipped into the cup, and you receive both elements in that fashion together, and they stations will be on the two far ends of the sanctuary. The altar is open for anyone to come and kneel, but if you uh, prefer to receive by individually uh, prepared uh, wafers and cups that are held together in one unit, they're available for you at the altar as you come. There is also a station um, just beyond our, our praise team over here where individual elements are served individually, um, uh, cup and and bread, and are served to you as you kneel in in prayer there. And so you're welcome to come in any of those formats. If it is difficult for you to move forward, if it is difficult for you to come forward or to move, we're glad to have you sit where you are, and I will come and share Holy Communion with you uh, where you sit. Know that people are moving, so if you have moved chairs or put them in places that uh, we need some traffic pattern openness, For for this to happen. Um, But all are welcome to come and receive and know that God's blessings are on all of us. Come and know God's goodness. Take the elements and take the bread and eat in remembrance of Him. And then take the cup and drink. Feed on Him in your heart and be thankful. Amen. giving for your overflowing love that meets us in these moments. Lord, we are grateful that you have given your one and only Son. May our gratitude be seen in the extraordinary gifts that we offer of ourselves in following Christ. Amen. let us respond to God with singing let us stand and sing together As you go, go to give the extraordinary gift. The offering plates are here if you're on site. You can also engage online through uh, technology and do your giving that way. But give the extraordinary gift, but give the most extraordinary gift, the most lavish gift of yourself to follow Jesus Christ. Go now with the peace and the assurance that God has lavished his love on you. Amen. Amen. Amen.